Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of the Solo Edition. Unfiltered sports talk and opinions. Uh, there's only a few things uh, for this episode that we're going to speak on. Uh, starting with, uh, just to throw it out there, because it's I found it. It's been, it's been a big topic on Twitter. Um, my old teammates, you will, you will understand uh, this better than a lot of the other listeners. Uh, if anyone played in the KCAC college football and also played and played at Kansas Wesleyan or Bethany College, friends, Ottawa, whatever it is, uh, then you're gonna you'll be able to uh, basically understand where I'm coming from with this. Unfortunately, Bethany College has made a couple moves that are very controversial and very unpopular. And I have to agree with a lot of the former players from Bethany that it is, it's a shame of what they're doing. They have fired two uh, staples in their program. I believe it was Coach White and Coach Rave. Uh, from what I've been reading on and listening on, it's a very big, uh, very big deal to these players that that they want to keep their coaches with them for the season. And however, that was not the case. I don't understand. I don't know the details. I don't know why they had fired him, but uh, it speaks volumes as to how much of an impact these coaches had on these players' lives. Uh, we've got players from Bethany. That it looks like to me, more than half the team, probably, probably the whole team is. Uh, inquiring about not playing the season simply because uh, they fired their coaches in unfair fashion. And if you know Bethany College or played against them, me, I'm a Kansas Wesleyan alumni. If you played against Bethany College or know of them, you know that uh, they've, there's been some struggles with that program for a, for a while now, unfortunately. You know. uh, things down there haven't been as smooth sailing and... I mean, it shows right now, you know, that it stems from up top with the leaders of the school, the whole school, not just the, not just the athletic program. Um, but it seems like football over there just can't catch a break. Uh, they got they got great athletes over there. They have players who buy into their coaches over there, obviously, from what we've seen. And it's just a shame that the school feels differently. Uh, I'd like to know what some of the details are. But... I know that for us at Kansas Wesleyan, if anything was to happen like that with our coaching staff, we would have most likely done the same thing. I know I wouldn't have, I would not have played if our coaches would have uh, been unfairly fired like they were. I would have definitely sat up. I would have definitely just been focusing on fo- focusing on school. I don't know what. I would, maybe I would have transferred. I'm I'm not sure, but I would not. I I, I stand by the players when it comes to this. Whoever is uh, against it, uh, you must not be looking at it in a football player's perspective. I get it, you know, football's football. If you love the game, you're not you're going to play regardless. But uh, in some cases, that's just not that's not fair to to uh, to make that justification. Uh, yeah, I it was upsetting to me just to see because because the reaction the players got is it kind of. It kind of hit me in a spot, you know, like uh, I'm going through my coaching transition right now from playing to coaching. And I mean, every coach wants their players to buy into the program like those players were. And my hat goes off to Coach White and to Coach Rave because of the respect that they're getting, that they have been receiving from their players. Uh, I've seen, 
I follow maybe two uh, people that play football or coached at Bethany on Twitter. And one of them, uh, Rod, um, my boy Rodney, who played receiver there, big time dude, uh, all conference cat. And um, I think I follow a couple more coaches. I'm not entirely sure, but I've been seeing nothing but this Bethany deal and uh, and the issues that have been stemming from it. And it's upsetting, you know, because uh, without without Bethany, you know, the KCAC is different. You know, like they they offered they they were that scrappy team that. Uh, it was always, I mean, whenever when we played them, it was an entertaining game. Whether it was for the first couple quarters or whether it was the back end of the game, whatever it was, it was always entertaining and it was always fun to be a part of. It was, it was a rivalry, you know, and we took pride in that rivalry. But you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see what what the deal is. I, uh, I wish some, I could find some more details. If someone has some more details on why the coaches were fired, uh, uh, please let me know. I don't have all the facts. But what I've been reading on uh, is that the coaches were just fired without explanation. And I, like literally they start, they opened their season up September 12th. And like they just now, they got rid of two coaches who were stables in the program. And now where do they go from here? I can definitely see why the players don't want to play. One, their, their leaders were unfairly, you know, fired. And how do they prepare for the season without these guys? So they went into this whole deal after all this COVID BS and all the other stuff that's stemming with the social injustice and they stood by their coach their coach stood by them and now you want to get rid of their coach for re- and, not, and not a and not validate your reasons why uh yeah I think most people would have a problem with that I have a problem with that and I wasn't even a part of the program so yeah I uh it's it's bothersome it really is when you think of it like that I mean, I don't know. Maybe there was another reason, but honestly, I, not from what I've been saying, there isn't. So, uh, Bethany, you got to get it together. Uh, you're in no shape or fashion to be, to be doing the things that you've been doing, especially as of lately. So, uh, they got to get it together. I'm hoping that they make the right choice because uh, it, it has potential to be, to be a decent program and to be uh, competitive throughout the whole conference uh, amongst. The rest of the NAI, uh, but yeah, there has to be some changes, especially when it comes to the top with leadership roles. Uh, so that was the first segment. Uh, like I said, Bethany, I stand by you guys. I know I'm a Kansas Wesleyan alum, but as a football player and as a football fan and as a coach, I uh, I completely understand where you guys are coming from and I support you guys. And uh, we're hoping for the best for you guys for sure. Um. Transitioning on into the next subject, this I might end it with this because one is late and I have to get to bed, and two, uh, this subject had it has come up, and uh, I want people to understand where I'm coming from with this. A friend of mine asked me the other day what I thought about Sam Donald. Uh, one, because I'm a really big USC fan, uh, as anyone who knows me knows that, and two. I have done a few of these quarterback analysis things. And I'm unsure that I spoke on Sam Donald already, but I'm going to do it anyways right now. Um, first and foremost, I'm a big Sam Donald fan. I believe he was the focal point as to why USC had those two successful years, 2016 and 2017. Um, 
And I'll tell you why. Uh, before before he took the reins at USC, Max Brown was the quarterback. And before Max Brown was the starting quarterback, it was Cody Kessler. And no disrespect to Cody Kessler, I'm, I was actually a very big Cody Kessler fan. I use a lot of his film when it comes to my coaching because Cody has some of the best pocket presence, some of the best accuracy. And Cody did a lot of special things at USC. People don't, people uh, overlook Cody very unfairly. And I can talk about Cody some more if anyone wants me to, to go into why I think Cody Kessler was very was a very good quarterback. But I'm gonna stick with Sam Darnold. And when, but anyways, while Cody was the quarterback, USC was an eight and four, eight and five, nine and four. Uh, they got ten wins twice, I believe. I believe that's true. Yeah, ten wins. I think they got ten wins twice. It was his. 2013 season and 2014 season and then his last season um, 2015 I believe they went 8-6 and six. and it wasn't very it wasn't a very good season they got to the Pac-12 championship uh, but but lost very bad and um, but yeah Cody Cody did some things for him but anyways USC wasn't was uh, maybe a top 25 team at best then didn't reach the top 10 while Cody was there. But, and then Max Brown steps in and they get obliterated by Alabama. Uh, barely, I mean, they squeaked by Utah State. Lost pretty uh, pretty embarrassingly to Stanford. And it was just time for Sam to make the change. So Clay made the right decision and put Sam Darnold in. And you just saw the difference in Clay. There was a there was a feel to it. There, I mean, we all saw it. it he, Sam, Sam brought juice to the offensive side of the ball. Something that not a lot of USC quarterbacks had done before. Sam was a complete opposite of the stereotypical USC quarterback. Uh, Sam could move. Sam could throw. Sam had this this calm moxie about him. You know, was, he was entertaining. Let me tell you that he was very entertaining to watch. He. Uh, he basically paved the way for the new way that USC plays offense. It's fantastic. I loved it. And you know what? Uh, that first season, 2016, he had the right puzzle pieces around him. He had Juju. He had a Dory. He had, he had Ronald Jones. He had probably the best offensive line USC's had in a couple of years. Not 10 years. I'm going to say 10 years. USC's offensive line was stacked across the board. From Chad at left to uh, Zach on the right side. Their offensive line was stacked. And the defensive side of the ball was very good, too. You know, USC had a lot of playmakers across the field. And it showed. It showed. As soon as Sam came in, it's like that was the missing link. USC ended up winning nine straight, right? Yeah, nine straight, including that probably the best Rose Bowl game, the best football game I've ever had a chance to watch uh, against Penn State. So fast forward to 2017. Sam Darnold, uh, it's, he, I mean, you could definitely see that there was a drop-off in the talent surrounding him. Uh, and that started from the first game to the end of the season. Sam was literally the only piece to that offense, aside from Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones and Sam Darnold, it was literally those two. They had some puzzle pieces around, but without Sam Darnold, they lose to Texas. They lose... That Washington State game they lost, yeah, it's that, that. I mean, that that was deserving. They, they ran. I mean, 
But like I said, Sam had nobody running. Yeah, he turned the ball over, but quarterbacks are going to turn the ball over. He is a gunslinger. He takes chances. You know what? He lives with it. He makes a mistake. A lot of the fumbles, I will make no excuses for him. That that's uh, that's on him. But there was a lot of interceptions that were not his fault. And if you're ignorant to football, and if you're just a USC hater, you're going to disagree with this. But a lot of his interceptions came way of tip passes from his receivers, um, busted routes, and just just not having dudes there who could replace guys like Juju and Adoree. So yeah, um, I think 27 in 2017 they won the Pac-12 championship. Without Sam Darnold, USC comes nowhere near that. They go maybe six and six. They, I don't know, maybe seven and five. I really don't know. I don't see them winning more than seven games without Sam Darnold. They won ten games that year because of Sam Darnold. Even if you're a USC fan and you disagree with that, I, you're sadly mistaken. If you're a USC fan and you don't think that the reason they were successful those two years is because of Sam Darnold, what what were you watching? Who did you think gave us a gave us a chance to win those games? Without, I mean, during that Ohio State game, Sam still threw for 300 yards. Yeah, there was some fumbles and some turnovers, but we don't even we don't we don't score points. We we, we get shut out against that Ohio State team, and we played pretty well on defensive side against that Ohio State team. Unfortunately, the L column is is the only thing that stands out from that, but we don't even make it to that game without Sam Darnold. So I, I urge people to understand this. Without Sam Darnold, USC does not have that Rose Bowl victory for one or that Pac-12 championship, too. They're maybe stuck at the bottom half of the barrel like they have been, you know, or right in the middle of the pack, you know, when they should be at the tier top because of all the of all the attributes they have and of all the recruiting that they're supposedly so great at, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, without Sam Darnold, it's a different story. And then we go fast forward to the Jets. He's on the worst surrounding team in the NFL. The Browns are a better are a better team than the Jets around their quarterback. Baker, to me, is not a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Baker's got a little more things that he maybe does better, but Sam as a whole, including potential-wise, he beats Baker Mayfield by a landslide. And there's no disrespect to Baker Mayfield. I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan as well. But Sam is hes a different cat, and people are all booing about this whole U, the USC quarterback that goes to the Jets. Look what happened to Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez isn't near the athlete that Sam Darnold is or the quarterback that Sam Darnold is and can be. Mark was good for his first couple years. I'll give him that. Mark did his job for, I'd say, uh, about four years that he was in the NFL, four or five years. He did a very, he did a pretty decent job. Other than that, he was just a stand-in guy, backup guy in the NFL. I mean, shoot, no disrespect to Mark Sanchez either. But he's nowhere near what Sam Darnold is and can be. Sam's going to do something well with these Jets. If the Jets can get some guys around him and if they can just buy into the guy, there's there's going to be a turnaround there. But the Jets have to draft people, right? They have to get offensive linemen that can protect. They have to get 
receivers that can catch and run the right routes. We saw a lot of drop passes. And, I mean, as a quarterback, what, what, what else is he supposed to do? You know, I mean, Sam did everything he could. For these past couple years, I mean, yeah, he's been sick. He's had a few. He's, I mean, he hasn't looked great, right? But how can you with that team around you? That's like looking back at the Browns situation as to why their quarterbacks haven't been successful. Because they never drafted people or got or got or acquired people to play with their quarterbacks. You know, I mean, the Browns have had dudes at quarterback. Granted, Johnny Manziel, eh. But I mean, Deshaun Kaiser wasn't bad. He's still an NFL guy. He's behind, uh, I think it's Aaron Rodgers right now. I don't know. But I mean, I don't know. The, the things that the Browns have done, but they've made their improvements. Now they got Baker Mayfield. They got dudes around. They got they got a chance. The Browns could really be a 9-17 or a 10-16 this year if all goes the right the right way. Even if Case Keenum has to step in, the Browns literally could win 10 games this year and should win 10 games this year. You know, barring any schedule problems or whatever. But the Jets, to me, they're not even going to win six games. I, I, there's not, there's no way. As good as Sam can be and will be, the Jets don't have enough to win more than six games this year. I hope I'm wrong. But if your best receiver is Rodney Anderson... And I don't even know if he's still on the team or not. But who else does Sam have to throw to? Uh, their defense is <coughs> subpar at best. The, their whole organization, from the from the owner down, you know, it's. I think they got something with the head coach. I think there's something something there. But uh, they got to do something to help Sam Donald out. There's the guy did it all by himself at USC for a season, won ten games, but it's not the same in the NFL. You know, I mean, even even guys like uh, who could I put out there? Philip Rivers could. I, I guarantee you, Philip Rivers. No, I'm not gonna say Philip Rivers because he's old. Let's say uh, who's. I'll put. I think that uh, no, I want to get a popular quarterback out there so I can hear some, so I can hear some feedback on this one, so people can try to argue with me. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson would struggle with this team. Russell would win six games with with the Jets. He would maybe win seven, but there's he wouldn't win anymore. Sam Donald, he's he's almost there. He, he just, I mean, he's gonna keep improving. He's got that moxie and he's calm. He's He's, a, he's the quarterback you want to have. I think Sam should have stayed. Should have gone. I think if if Sam should have could have had the chance to pick where he could have gone, I think he should have gone to a team where he backed up for a season. I think I think Sam should have been uh, maybe gone to maybe Pittsburgh, backed up Big Ben, stepped under Big Ben, and when Big Ben had a chance to leave, that would have been perfect. Or, you know, maybe maybe Jacksonville, I don't know, or New York Giants, I don't know. I mean, actually, no, maybe not New York Giants. It's another cesspool of an organization. They don't, they, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but anyways, the New York teams in general. 
but like I said, anyone who wants to argue this with me, I'm just going to tell you right now you're wrong. If you try to tell me anything different from what I just said, you're completely wrong. And that's my opinion. So, open to constructive, open to some discussion, you know. But yeah, I, 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 I think it's unfair to put Sam Dahl in a bus category or to completely just disregard him as a top quality quarterback in the NFL. He's gonna get there. Jets fans, be patient. You're not winning anything anytime soon with the supporting cast that you have. So just, just be aware of that. And that leads me into, you know what? I'll end it. I'll end it on my next topic with the Dallas Cowboys. I am. I, I can't stand the Cowboys. Actually, I'll talk about the Raiders a little bit too. I can't stand the Cowboys, but. I, uh, and this is no disrespect to anybody who feels different on this one, especially because I mean I, I am a Dak Prescott fan, and I believe he can do some good things. I think he's made wrong decisions, as I've said before, when it came to his contract deals. He's nowhere near the money that he's that he was asking for. I don't know what the deal is with him now. I don't know what his contract entails, but in order to get in order to get Drew Brees money, Aaron Rodgers money, Tom Brady money, you know, Patrick Mahomes money, uh, you, you got you got to win the playoffs, right? You got to win the Super Bowl. All those guys have Super Bowl wins. So if if you ain't got a Super Bowl win, and if you ain't, if you only got one playoff victory, like I think they have in the past two years, uh, what, what are you asking uh, big time money for? So. I mean, that goes for any quarterback, in my opinion. I think Matt Ryan's overpaid. And I think, and, I, and I'm a Matt Ryan fan. But you don't, you don't get Super Bowl money if you don't win the Super Bowl. That's how I look at it. I don't know. I mean, again, that's another one that people may, uh, may want to argue with me on, which is fine. But, but that's just my opinion. If you're not going to, if you're not going to, Win a Super Bowl, you don't get that money yet. Now, win a Super Bowl, or at least get there and have successful playoff, um, successful playoff runs in your career, then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll open that up a little bit. So, Matt Ryan, I'll take it back. You deserve it. You've been in the Super Bowl and you actually should have won. But yeah, I don't think Dak Prescott's worth that money. I mean, He's done some good things. He's got a good touchdown-interception ratio. He's won some games. He's also got a hell of a supporting cast around him. So, yeah, put Sam Donald in that team, and I'd like to see what he would do, but that's, you know, difference of opinion. But yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to end it on that note. Actually, we're not going to speak on the Raiders tonight because I don't have all my details in front of me of what I wanted to speak on. Uh... Football season's right around the corner, folks. People are excited. Our first game and my debut uh, as a varsity coach is coming up. It's less than a month away, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, can't wait to talk more football. I'm, gonna, I'm pushing to have some more guests on the show. 
Buzzy, hoping for you, hoping for you to join me, my dog. Want to talk about how's it going over in Green Bay? Uh, shout out and a big thanks to uh, Kelly Cordova for joining me in the last episode. And my prayers go out to uh, all my buddies going through some struggles right now with this whole COVID deal and some family deals. So uh, everybody get right. Um, support your loved ones. And uh, in this in this time that we've been going on. And the time that we've been enduring with this whole social injustice and, and, the, and this COVID thing, uh, let's all try to embrace the little things. I mean, I know that's hard and it's easier said than done, but uh, sometimes we lose we lose track of what's really important in life. You know, and I'm one that has. You know, I've I've created obstacles by my own doing because of one being impatient and two taking things for granted. So I urge everyone to not to not do that. I urge everyone to think about you know things that are really important to them and and put those things first. So with that being said, folks, I'm going to end it here. Uh, thanks again to everybody who's been supporting and listening. I really do appreciate it. And uh, much love and God bless and cheers. Good night, y'all. Have a blessed one.